Today on Bold Steps Weekend, Mark Job helps us stay focused on the task at hand. Get your eyes off of the 110 details and come back to your main focus and say, okay, God, let me get this straight. Let me get my main priorities in place in order to be able to go forward. Amen. And welcome to Bold Steps Weekend with Mark Job. Mark is the senior pastor of New Life Community Church in Chicago, and he's also president of Moody Bible Institute. I'm Wayne Shepherd. You know, sometimes it seems like the bigger the job, the easier it is to be distracted along the way. The Old Testament character Nehemiah encountered the same phenomenon as work got underway rebuilding Jerusalem, which is our topic today. We'll see that when we attempt to work on weak areas of our lives, it's almost guaranteed that we're going to face spiritual distractions. So if you have your Bible handy, turn to Nehemiah chapter 6, and let's join Mark Job for his message titled, Keeping Focused in the Midst of Distraction, here on Bold Steps Weekend. Uh, Nehemiah basically learns, in this chapter we, we discover how to stay spiritually focused on the task that God has called us to in spite of distractions. You say, well, well, what is distraction? Distraction is when your attention is being drawn by something other than the thing that you should be focused on. Now, we live in a world where there's a lot of distractions. How about it? Some of you are half ADHD, and so it's just hard for you to concentrate, period. I mean, even in service, you've got to tap your foot, you know, look this, check your watch, you know. Some of you, hey, don't even tell me. I don't even know. I don't want to hear your text messaging during worship service, but I know some of you are really tempted to do that. But, but, but some of you just are like hyper, hard to stay, stay atten- attentive to one thing. You're easily distracted. Someone walks in the back. You have to look to see who it is. We'll check out where they're coming. They came in this late. And, and it's just hard for you to focus and pay attention on things because your mind is easily, very easily distracted. And we live in a day where we're all multitasking, right? It seems like we're all learning to do a whole bunch of things at one time. And I have to admit, I am super guilty of that. I try to do a lot of things at one time. In fact, just a few months ago, I was driving on I-55 Expressway, and, you know, my cell phone here, I'm, I'm talking, and of course, my cup of coffee, so drinking coffee, t- cell phone, trying to take notes once in a while, what people are telling me, and trying to drive on the expressway all at the same time. Don't those drivers aggravate you? <laughs> Man. So my cup of coffee that I had run out of the house with had the wrong lid on it, And so when I put it down, it fell over and it started to spill. So I was in traffic, driving, watching, paying attention, and I reached down just for a second to pick up my cup of coffee, and the person in front of me slammed on their brakes. So have you ever had one of those moments where everything kind of goes in slow motion? It's like, oh, no. And so I slammed on my brace, but it was too late. By that time, I had already, I saw it coming. I couldn't do anything else. Thank God I had my seatbelt on. And boom, I ran into the car in front of me. All because of small distraction. Now, thank God the lady in front of me was okay. I was okay. I had to tow my car because the radiator leaked, and she had a big dent in her trunk. 
but all because of a split second of distraction. You see, distractions can be lethal. And in our spiritual life, distractions are all around us. And here's the thing about distractions. Sometimes distractions come in the back door and they seem benign. They don't seem very dangerous because they're not clothed in wicked, evil, dark clothing. In fact, most of the distractions that we really need to worry about are good kind of distractions. I mean, things that you would not say, that's bad. It's just oftentimes the second or third or fourth best can take us away from our primary call. So, Let's look at Nehemiah chapter 6, verse 1, as we learn how to stay spiritually focused on task with what God has called us in spite of our distractions. It says, when word came to Samballot, Tobiah, and Geshem the Arab, these are the three leaders of the opposition of Nehemiah. We've heard about them since chapter 2. They constantly keep resurfacing as the guys that are trying to oppose the work that Nehemiah is doing that I had rebuilt the wall and not a gap was left in it, though up till that time I had not set the doors and the gates. I mean, this is a massive task. They've pretty much finished most of the wall. There's no major gaps in the wall. They haven't hung the doors. They haven't closed the gates, so it's not a secure city yet. But it's like this is a major milestone. It says, verse 2, Samballad and Geshem sent me this message. Come. Let us meet together in one of the villages on the plain of Ono. But they were scheming to harm me, so I sent messengers to them with this reply. I am carrying on a great project and cannot go down. Why should the work stop while I leave it and go down to you? Four times they sent me this message, and each time I gave them the same answer. First thing I want you to realize is that this distraction... If you're taking notes, write this down. Distractions often come in sheep's clothing, so you need discernment and determination to avoid being sidetracked. Most distractions look pretty harmless when they come our way, but they can really devastate our life if we're not careful. Now, I, I think Nehemiah's first clue that this was a bad meeting should have been when the, when the meeting is called in the plain of Oh No. I mean, right? Anyone that calls a meeting in a place called Oh No, you better be careful. This doesn't seem like a good setup for this meeting, right? It's something to be weary of here. And so Sambalik and Tobiah, in their mind, their main goal was let's stop what Nehemiah is doing. So if we can get them distracted with conversation... If we can get him to leave the job that he's working on, come down here and dialogue, then we can stop the work, we can get him distracted, and he will not be able to complete the task that God has called him to. Here's the thing I want you to remember, that sometimes in our life, distractions will pop up, people will want to have conversations, They'll want to take you away from your main priority for seemingly decent good causes. I mean, after all, what's wrong with a conversation over a cup of coffee? I mean, 
We've had bad blood. There's been misunderstanding. Why not sit down with Sam Ballot, Tobiah, and Geshem and talk over the misunderstandings that we've had? Hold on. Do you realize it's good to talk often, but not every call to talk is a good one? Because sometimes people aren't looking for solutions, they're just looking to vent. How about it? I've been in conversations where people sit down to talk and it leaves worse than when they came there because the question is, why do you want to talk? Not, do you want to talk? The question is, what is the motive behind your talk? If it's to build bridges, if it's to mend ways, if it's for reconciliation, that's fine. But if it's just to get together to vent and to prove that I'm right and you're wrong, typically no good comes from those conversations. And I've been, a lot, I've been in a lot of those conversations. So I was asked, why are we getting together? And if I feel like people are getting together to vent, then typically I say, I don't really want to go to that uh, meeting. He, here's the thing we need to understand. There are things in life, the Apostle Paul said, that I run the race and I seek not to get entangled in things. Life comes at us fast, doesn't it? I mean, there's a lot of things. If, if, if you live in the same world that I live in, which I think you do, you, sometimes you feel like you're juggling. How about it? You gotta uh, juggle bills and you gotta juggle schedules. I have three kids, two of them are teenagers. Uh, one's eight-year-old, and they have activities, so you're juggling those activities, and of course, you want to nurture your marriage, so you got to juggle your date night in there as well, and you got to do yard work, and you got to finish this and finish that, and keep up with this meeting and that meeting and that, and pretty soon you're juggling like this, and you're feeling like, wow, there's a lot on my plate. And once in a while, we just need to take a time out and say, okay, great, there's a lot on your plate. Here's the big question, but what is your priority? See, what priorities do in our life is they help us say no to things that are not that important. And to be honest with you, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ and a serious disciple of Jesus Christ, the central priority of your life should involve your following Christ and your spiritual growth. That should be central to your life. And so if you're so busy with life that you have very little time for God and to nurture your spiritual life and the things of God, then let me tell you, then you're too busy. Or your priorities are not straight. Because if your life does not involve some spiritual cultivation, by the way, let me congratulate you that you're in the house of God on Sunday morning on a rainy, nasty day in which the bears are playing. Hey, congratulations. You are here in the house of God, nurturing your spiritual life. So give yourself a hand. Yeah. It means that, you know, someone, that, that hopefully you have some desire to grow some spiritual hunger in your life, which is a good thing, and you're not allowing other distractions to take you away from that. So remember that oftentimes distractions that come our way, they may not be bad things, but if you're so distracted that you don't have time for your priority, then you are too distracted. That's Pastor Mark Job, and you're listening to Bold Steps Weekend. Mark is teaching from Nehemiah chapter 6 about staying focused on your priorities. There's much more we can learn from his experience and example, and it's coming up in just a moment. 
Now, if you're new to Bold Steps Weekend, I would like to welcome you to this program. Everything you're hearing today is also available on our website at boldstepsweekend.org. When you visit us online, you'll also find options for hearing this program on demand on the free Moody Radio app. Or you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts. However you connect with Bold Steps Weekend, it's our prayer that the messages you hear challenge and encourage you to take the next bold steps in your faith. So make sure to look for our current teaching series called Rebuild Your Life, Your City, Your World when you visit boldstepsweekend.org. Well, let's get back to our message. I don't think there's anything more distracting than gossip. We're seeing how Nehemiah dealt with it, and now we'll learn how we can rise above it. Here's more from Mark Job on keeping focused in the midst of distraction. Yvette, can I offer a suggestion? I think some people look at their spiritual lives and say, well, I'm making very little progress in my life. And I've examined my heart. There's no major sin. I don't feel like I'm involved in any obsessive, compulsive, addictive behavior. And you're scratching your head and wondering why you're not making progress in your spiritual life. Maybe, just maybe, it's because there's too many distractions and you have to learn to focus again. Get your eyes off of the 110 details and come back to your main focus and say, okay, God, let me get this straight. Let me get my main priorities in place in order to be able to go forward. Amen? Number two, rumors and gossip can become a great source of distraction. So learn to clarify the truth and hear me. Look at me. Move on. Uh, Notice what happened here. So, after Sambalad and his enemies tried to distract Nehemiah four four times, the fifth time, they decided to change the strategy. Notice what they do. It says, so the fifth time, Sambalad sent his aide to me with the same message. And in his hand was an unsealed letter, in in other words, an open letter, in which it was written. Now here's the attack. The first attack didn't work to distract him by having a meeting. So now another approach is taken. This approach is to question his motives. To question his motives and to get Nehemiah distracted by the rumor mill. He says, it's reported among the nations. Reported among the nations. Don't all rumors start that way? I've heard people are saying. Most rumors always exaggerate how many people are talking about it. Yeah, I've heard a lot of people talking about this. Oh, you heard two. Your mother and your sister. There's a lot of people saying, a lot of people, really. When it comes down to it, usually it's the same five to eight people, and they're always involved in all the gossip. So it's kind of the same people talking again about all the gossip. So, you know, when, you, when someone comes to you and says, a lot of people are saying, take it with a grain of salt, because what I've discovered over the years is that doesn't mean very much. The nations are saying, he says, and Geshem says it's true. Well, who's Geshem? Geshem is the guy who's been against Nehemiah since the beginning. He's not a reliable witness. And Geshem says it's true. That you and the Jews are plotting to revolt. 
and therefore you are building the wall. Moreover, according to these reports, you are about to become their king and have even appointed prophets to make this proclamation about you in Jerusalem. There is a king in Judah. Now this report will get back to the king, so come, let us confer together. You know what this is? This is a plot to undermine Nehemiah's motives, to question his motives. You see, oftentimes rumors and gossip will go out to attack the motives for what, why you're doing what you're doing. It questions your heart. And, and, and someone may, may question your heart and usually it's a blow below the belt that really gets us where it hurts. You know, whatever it may be, you're, you're helping out with, uh, you decide to become assistant in the home group and you're helping out with the home group and really working and praying for people and someone says, hey, I heard you're just helping out in the home group because you like this girl there. <laughs> what? That's not true. Well, that, hey, a lot of people are saying. Or you go out and you, you try to help someone and, and uh, you know, you, you loan money to your brother uh, because he's rehabbing his basement and, and, and then someone, a relative comes up and says, hey, I, I heard that, uh, you know, you gave some money because uh, you, you, you're charging them interest on that. You're just trying to make a profit. What? No way. I just, I helped them out. No, no, well, you know, I just, I'm just, I'm just saying what I hear and a lot of people are saying You see, acts of kindness, acts of goodness, things that you've engaged in. Hey, I hear, you know, I, I hear you're going to church now. You know, rumor is you're going to church because you're in a custody battle right now and you just want the judge to look at you favorable because of that. What are they? No, 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 no. Well, well I, I don't know. Hey, don't get mad at me. Just a lot of people are talking. And what's our first response when rumor mills question our motives? Our first response is, you want to defend your reputation. Who's saying that? Well, I'm going to tell you that's not true, and you tell me their names, and then you get caught into the web, and someone says, okay, I'm not going to tell you really, really. no, 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 I don't want to say, I don't want to say, okay, here, this person said it, and she heard it from that person, okay, and so you write them, and then they write back, and have you ever gotten caught in the email battle? They send an email, you send an email, they send an email, they say back and forth, this person chimes in, then he copies 10 people on it. So now they're copying 10 people and you have a bunch of people involved. Let me tell you, first of all, if you're going to solve a problem, don't do it via email. The worst medium, I think, of trying to solve a problem is email. You know why? Because people can't see your intonation. They can't see your face. They, 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 so they project on your email the worst possible scenario. This person's really angry, and so they misinterpret what you're trying to say to them. I've seen more people get in trouble over trying to discuss things over email than any other way because they can't really see people's face. And by the way, some people get really bold, nasty, and courageous in letters. But when it comes to talking face-to-face, -face, they're totally different. Several years ago, I had this guy that just, he would write me these nasty, just vindictive, harsh letters pretty much about maybe twice a month. And he attended the church. 
So on Sunday, I'd see him, I'd say hi, he'd say hi to me, he'd just kind of go on, you know, hi, how you doing? Good, good, you know, move on. And I never acknowledged that I got his letters, but I'd say hi to him, let's say. And one day he stopped me, he said, I'm so mad at you. I said, why? I, have you got my letters? I said, yeah. You mean the nasty, vindictive, harsh letter? Yeah, yeah, I've been getting them. <laughs> well, how come you're not saying anything about him? I said, well, I, you know, you never asked me to respond, or you didn't say, let's talk about it, sit down. So I just figured you needed to vent, so I'm letting you vent. I'm letting them slide off my back. And so, you know, it seems to be therapeutic for you, seems to be good for me, because I kind of understand where you're coming from, and, and, and it's okay. But when I talked to him face-to-face, he was sort of meek and mild. In his letter, he was ferocious, bad, tough, really angry. And here's the thing. Let me give you just some advice. If you have something good to say, say it in writing. Because writing is permanent. If you have something harsh to say, say it face-to-face. So people can see your face, see your expression. You can put an arm around them and, and, and just put it in the right context. So if you have something tough to say, say it face-to-face, in person, without a crowd around. Some of you wait till a lot of family members are around, and then you decide to lay it on. Don't do that. The Bible says, in fact, by the way, if you have something against a brother, the Bible says take that person aside in private. Don't bring your little entourage mother, father, cousin, sister, neighbor, and say, hey, we want to talk to you. No, talk to that person in private. Clarify it. If they don't respond, then you can get more people involved. But do it in private. And so Nehemiah is being attacked by the rumor mill. His motives are being questioned. And I want you to see how Nehemiah responds. It says that, verse 8, I sent him this reply. Nothing like what you are saying is happening. You are just making it up out of your head. I like that. Period. Signed, Nehemiah. I mean, you know how long that took for him to write? Two minutes. You know what Nehemiah was saying? I don't want to waste time with this. He's basically saying, you're wrong. That's fictional. I'm not sure what you're smoking, but that's not true. And, and he moved on. He didn't stand there. He didn't go back and forth. He didn't say, what's your evidence? What's your proof? He just said, move forward. Let me tell you something. Your track record should speak more volumes about your life and your history than anything else. If you have a good track record, let your track record speak for itself. Because most unbiased people, if they look at you and you've had a good track record, They're going to disregard rumors about you if you have a good track record. So let your life speak for itself. We're learning from Nehemiah how to deal with false rumors and rise above the distraction here on Bold Steps Weekend. We're only about halfway through this message titled, Keeping Focus in the Midst of Distraction, and we'll pick it up next weekend, so make plans to tune in again. By the way, have you requested your copy of our latest Bold Action Gift? Here to tell us about this special resource again is Pastor Mark. In today's society, marriage is starting to look like a broken system. Young couples are encouraged to try everything under the sun except commitment. The divorce rate hovers at 50%. The benefits and very definition of marriage are challenged at every turn. 
And that's why this month's Bold Action Gift is so timely. It's a book by marriage counselor Gary Chapman called Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Got Married. And with more than 35 years of counseling couples, Dr. Gary Chapman believes that divorce boils down to a lack of preparation and a failure to learn the skills that marriage requires. That's why he put together this practical little book full of tips and information he wished he had received before he got married. And if you're looking for practical biblical advice on how to create a marriage that lasts, this book is where you will find it. Again, the title is Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Got Married. And we'll send you a copy today when you give a gift of any amount to support the ministry of Bold Steps. To make your donation and request a copy of Things I Wish I'd Known Before We Got Married, just call us at 866-535-5580 or go to boldstepsweekend.org. And when you donate $30 or more each month, you'll gain access to our informative and encouraging bi-weekly email, The Bold Partner Post. And you'll also receive 50% off anything in the Moody Publishers catalog. These are just a few of the ways we say thanks to our bold partners. So sign up today on our website. And once again, that's boldstepsweekend.org. One last reminder before we go, don't forget to sign up for Mark's weekly email devotional, The Bold Stepper Weekly. It's free and delivered automatically to your inbox every Monday morning. And you can sign up online at boldstepsweekend.org. Well, thanks for tuning in today. For Mark Job, I'm Wayne Shepherd. Be sure to join us again next weekend when Mark continues his message called Keeping Focused in the Midst of Distraction. That's next time here on Bold Steps Weekend. Bold Steps Weekend is a production of Moody Radio, a ministry of Moody Bible Institute.